This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome, welcome. It is Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg in what, uh, I don't know, summer, winter, whatever, whatever it might be. It's a beautiful day here in our wonderful city. And I hope you are having a fantastic Erev Shabbos where things are going exactly the way the Rabbi Shalom wants them to go for you on on this Erev Shabbos and uh, I guess that filler should be well that uh, hopefully the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants things to go on this Erev Shabbos should be very similar to the way you would like things to go on this Erev Shabbos that you can get done what you need to get done as we prepare for another beautiful Shabbos Kodesh I hope you had a an amazing week. It was quite an interesting week, just in terms of the calendar, with your public holiday on Tuesday, which kind of broke the week, or for some meant the week only started uh, on on Wednesday. And then, of course, we had uh, Lag Boimer on uh, Wednesday night and and Thursday. I hope that was a real event for you, and the bonfires and the joy and. Perhaps a bit of a, an understanding of what uh, like Bahima was is is all really meant to to be to be about because otherwise it's 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 kind of a day that it's you know the meanings and 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 the intent of it is is so is so full of uh, mystique and 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 mystery that often uh, we we do kind of lose the wood for the trees and get stuck in the in the in the bonfires and you know brine the marshmallows and and whatever it is and bows and arrows and without really ever getting getting uh, in touch with what uh, is actually what is actually uh, happening but it is was like Weimar already yesterday so we we are moving on this week we have uh, uh, Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Emor again. It's a little bit confusing because in uh, Eretz Yisrael they are laying Parshas Bahar this week. So half the things you look at and see are actually on on next week's uh, next week's Parsha. The good news is that next week we will we will catch up. Where next week we will lay in both Bahar and Bechukosa, and they will lay in just Bechukosa, and then we can kind of be in sync again, and and uh, Shalom Yisrael, everything works out the way the way it uh, it it needs it needs to work out. Um, what I'd like to to just stress a few a few words and speak a little bit about is something actually at the uh, at the end of 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 the parsha, where the Torah tells us about the sun. Of an Egyptian man and a, a and a Jewish woman, uh, and uh, we're going to learn a little bit about that. But the clock says it's time for a break. So before we go any further with that, Vatara, hold that thought, stay with it, and we'll be back in a moment. This is one one point nine High FM, soul to soul. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. So as we were saying before, we were interrupted by the ad break. So we learn about the Torah says by Yetzeh ben Isha Yisraelis that this man, the son of an Egyptian man and a Jewish and a Jewish woman, uh, who in the what actually happened was in the heat of an argument. So God forbid, cursed. Hashem's name. In fact, the 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 language of the pasuk is Vayikov ben Oisha Hayisrael says Hashem Vayekalel Vayovio Oisai El Moshe 
So as the son of this Jewish man uh, pronounced the name of Hashem and, and cursed, so they, they brought him to Moshe, and then it tells us his mother's name. His mother's name was Shloimis, the daughter of Divri, from the tribe of Dun. And what they did was they put him under guards until they could de- determine what his sentence uh, would be clarified to them by by the words by the word of uh, of, of Hashem. Now it's interesting. Rashi makes uh, a comment on the words "v'shem imoy shloimis pastivri." The name of his mother was Shlomis Pazdevri. So it says, so Rashi The Apostle here is telling us wonderful things about the Jewish nation. That the Torah almost singles out this man himself. That she was a, 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 a uh, an exception to the rule. She was the... Uh, she had the uh, the audacity that she was a bit uh, uh, outgoing or too uh, outgoing, maybe a little bit uh, licentious, uh, and that's in fact what her name denotes. Uh, that she would go around and she would uh, chatter and she would say hello to you, hello to you, hello to you all, sort of chattering and inquiring about everyone's everyone's uh, welfare. Right? So she was she was a little bit too. Involved with other people, and then it says the daughter of Divri. Uh, Divri comes from the, again also from the word Lidaber to speak. Says Rashi, this this shows that she was very very talkative. She talked with everyone, and therefore that's what brought her to this Avera. And then it says from the tribe carries on Rashi from the tribe of Dun. This tells us that a wicked person brings disgrace not only upon himself, upon his father, and upon his entire, his entire, uh, his entire tribe. Now, this rash is a little bit difficult in the fact there's several questions that almost arise from, from Rashi's uh, uh, comments. First and foremost, what Chazal is, uh, Chazal tell us here, that uh, in the name of Rav Masya ben Cheresh, it's in in uh, in Pirkei in Pirkei Avos, that uh, he says, "Have a b'shalom be the first to greet every single person." You know, and the Gemara, and the Gemara talks about certain uh, a certain Tainoim who no one ever greeted them before they greeted the other person. So the, the obvious question then is, how does this, how does this sit? Why is the fact that uh, Shloimis Bas, uh, Bas Divri used to uh, go and say hello to everybody, why is that considered such a, a, uh, a wrongdoing when she seems to have uh, been fulfilling and, and reflecting what, uh, what Chazal, what Chazal, uh, what Chazal say? Question one. Question two, another another factor. So Rashi is saying that she sinned because she was too talkative and uh, and and uh, you know, greeted everybody. But again, that's surprising because Rashi earlier, Rashi in 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 Shemais in in, in the, quite in the beginning, brings a medrash that tells us that she was tricked 
by an Egyptian uh, taskmaster into unwillingly committing adultery against her will. Right? The whole story where the, 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 the man that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu killed was this Egyptian tax, ta- uh, taskmaster who, uh, who was uh, guilty of, of uh, committing an act of adultery with her against her will. So then why would her uh, act be described as such a terrible, terrible sin? One, one, one really would have sort of thought that uh, it, it should have fallen into the category of what the Gemara calls Aynes Rahmana Patre, that Hashem usually uh, absolves one who commits a, uh, a sin against his will and not uh, and shouldn't be held against her to such to such a to such a, 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 an extent. So the the Sfasemis brings down. We know that there are forty nine days of of Sfiras and those correspond to the forty eight ways, the six Perak and the six. Uh, Six mission, the six parakyavas, which brings the forty-eight ways in which one can acquire Torah, uh, and then day number forty-nine is is a day that uh, is uh, available to revise and go over all of the other forty-eight, forty-eight, uh, forty-eight ways, and then use that as a as a preparation for the Yom Tov of of, of Shavuos, where. Every single Jew, again, we stand at Hasina and we receive our own personal portion of the, uh, of the, uh, of the Torah. Uh, so therefore, right, so let's say today, uh, last night we counted, uh, uh, 30, 34, so that corresponds to the 34th day of the, uh, 34th, uh, way of, of acquiring, of acquiring, uh, uh, the Torah, which uh, let's say I think is Ayaves Habrios, loving, loving other, other, other people. Now, there are two concepts here. So the the act of of kind of being the first person to greet other people in a in a in a friendly kind of kind of way. So that clearly would fall into the category of Ayaves Habrios, of of loving other other people. But we see from our parsha. That it's possible to greet people in a way that, on a very very external level, might seem to be a praiseworthy thing, but the truth is, ultimately, it's not exactly what Chazal wanted us wanted us uh, to do. Sometimes we go a little bit too far, and and in order to to work it out, we have to really really make a, an attempt to understand what is in fact the proper. Approach. How do we find the balance? To, on the one hand, being friendly and, and fulfilling the dictates of Chazal to to greet people, but not not to go overboard and become a, a shalomis uh, bas uh, bas bas divri kind of kind of uh, kind of uh, kind of person. Now, the commentaries point out there's a pasuk uh, in in uh, in Yirmiyo where the pasuk talks about akayv halev. Mikol va'enish hu miyidienu says the the Lucy translates the heart is even more deceitful than all the layers of depth to the to, to the human to the uh, uh, 
sorry, again, the, the heart is, is more deceitful than anything else. And, and, and at the same time, it's very, very weak. And the answer the question, who can, who can know what it means? So the, the, uh, the Balatani explains that there are many, many and many layers of depth to the human heart. Each one goes even deeper than the previous one. And then, uh, then certainly then as one goes beyond all the, uh, superficial levels and, uh, and, uh, yeah. As one gets closer to the surface, one covers up and 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 hides all of a person's personal thoughts and uh, and uh, and and feelings, and and that covers their their true intentions and deeper desires, which of course really makes it really really difficult for us to really be able to to gauge and kind of uh, figure out what people are all are all about. What are the different factors that cause people to do the particular actions that they, uh, that they do? And, you know, on one level, an act can sometimes appear to be motivated by a very, very positive and perhaps even an altruistic, uh, uh, motivation. Yet on, on a, on a much deeper level, it can, it can stem from something even selfish and perhaps even even self uh, self self serving, right? For example, uh, a, there seems to be is an apparent sort of stira, apparent contradiction between two statements of of Chazal. One is a Gemara in Sachim that says Amrav that a person should always learn Torah and do mitzvahs. Even if it's shaloy lishma, even if it's not for the right reasons, why shemitoyich shaloy lishma, balishma? Because even if he has an ulterior motive while doing these mitzvahs, so it's worthwhile. Why? Because by doing them, even not for the right reason, not for their own sake, one eventually comes to do mitzvahs for their own for their own sake. But that seems to contradict. Uh, Gemara in in Brachas, which says that anyone who does any kind of who learns Torah, uh, not for its own sake, so it would have been better had he not been created at at all. So Toisus there explains that the reality is there's no contradiction between these two statements because the statement in Brachas which says. That it's not worthwhile to have been created. So that's, he says, that's referring to someone who learns Torah without any intention to fulfill the halachas that he has learned, but just as a, as a, either as a, just as a database of knowledge or God forbid, even worse, he may even have uh, some kind of provocative intention such as to, uh, you know, contradicting his, uh, his uh, his colleagues for the sake of showing how much uh, he knows, or for just being uh, argumentative, or to be arrogant with his with his uh, with his knowledge, and that's terrible. Whereas the the first Chazal, which says it's okay to be learning Torah Shelo Lishma, is someone who's not learning Torah only for the sake of the Torah, but uh, he has other you know 
other intentions, not malicious intentions. Let's say he wants to get a bit of uh, honor from it, right? He, he knows that Tamil Chachamim are are shown respect, and he would like some of that also. So that's that's also Shulay Lishma, but it's not as but it's not as 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 harmful. So we can have the same act uh, that can either be encouraged or or disapproved of, depending on. What what is in fact the underlying uh, intention of the person of the person doing it, and those intentions are sometimes so deep and so hidden that they may not even be known to the person to the person them them uh, themselves, and and this really goes across the board. This applies to 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 every area of of human uh, human behavior, and therefore let's say in, the, in what we're talking about here, a person can. Greet other people warmly, out of what he thinks perhaps is a sense of of caring and interest in 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 his friend's well being. But the reality is, if he were to sort of take a really good hard look at himself and peel away all the kind of uh, superficial levels of his own personality and look deep deep in into himself, he might see that the truth is. That even what seems like such meritorious and and beautiful behavior actually stems from looking for an excuse to kind of make conversation and uh, just kind of chatter, you know, banally and uh, and 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 mindlessly and and perhaps God forbid even even uh, even worse from uh, you know, curiosity or or a kind of a. Yeah, uh, 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 almost a selfish need to try to pry into other people's affairs and and uh, find out about the private lives of of other of other people. So, since this is the reality, this is this is the case. So, it's so important for a person to be careful not to greet people just out of uh, out of habit, because. That could lead him, if there's no control and no thought that goes into it, that can lead him to do so even when his underlying motivations and intentions are not so, not so commendable. Rather, he should, a person needs to endeavor, a person needs to try to remain in control of his speech. And yes, while he does greet other people, but limit the situations where one goes to greet people to situations that he in his own mind has uh, assessed are, are kind of entirely entirely appropriate as uh, because if a person allows himself to just function out of habit, so then it's so easy to even without thinking to unwittingly kind of uh, uh, astray from what is praiseworthy and God forbid enter the area of uh, what is really reprehensible and, and reproachable kind of a kind of a behavior. So perhaps now we can understand Rashi's Rashi's comments. The Torah refers to the mother of the man who curses Hashem as Shalomis Bastivri to emphasize the the very root of of the mistake that she made, although she seemed to be following. Right, the the uh, 
the statement of Chazal and Pirkei by greeting everyone with Hazid and Shalom Alecha, but that was not really the case. The Torah uncovers by referring to her as Bas Divri, the daughter of Divri, which means right, speech, because she was really under the control of of her kind of habitual kind of speech. As a, as a result, so she also greeted everyone out of routine without actually ever scrutinizing and, and screening her own uh, actions to see whether, in fact, they were appropriate in the circumstances or, or not. And, and the consequence of her behavior was that she actually went beyond the pale. She kind of strayed uh, past the, the bounds of what is uh, actually acceptable behavior and uh, drew unnecessary and perhaps even inappropriate attention to herself through her constant chatter with everyone, uh, ultimately even uh, catching the eye of that Egyptian man who who got her into uh, who got her into trouble and ended up uh, uh, doing an act of defilement against against her against her her will. You know, in in uh, in uh, the video on Yom Kippur. So one of the things we say is which means for the sins that and transgressions that we transgressed unwillingly and willingly. So the, the Mephoshim asks, why do, why do we have to confess sins that we did unwillingly? As one surely is not uh, responsible, one can't be held accountable for unwilling actions that were unavoidable. So they explain, you're right. That although that's usually the situation, that usually uh, 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 things that we don't know about are unavoidable, there are times where a person may have derived maybe a certain pleasure from from the action that even though they were forced to uh, to uh, to perform it, right? so there's a concept of uh, and it started off with something against your will. And and uh, and uh, gravity graduated for something else, and that's why the Torah tells us all all uh, all about it. And 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 the really the uh, the real bottom line is that we have to we have to find a balance. We have to be in control enough of our speech, of our faculties, that we we before we open our mouths, we think about: Is this something that needs to be said? Is this something that's appropriate? Is this something that that I mean to say for the right reasons, or perhaps the wrong ones? And as we move towards towards uh, Shavuos, and I just spoke the other time that uh, it's such an important concept that Saras and and Atzeres, that the way to really get to Shavuos is to is to work on our speech. This is something that we we need to set as a goal and as a mission in our lives. We're going to come back with a continued discussion on the laws of of children on Shabbos. This is 101.9 Chai FM on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio on Friday afternoon, wherever you might be, in the car, in the kitchen, uh, sort of running between car and kitchen or anywhere else, or maybe even if you're listening somewhere far-fetched, you know, somewhere else in South Africa, or maybe even internationally, it's great to have you 
on board, the important details you need to know for Shabbos, although obviously the details I give are for Johannesburg. And if you're in a different locale or a different uh, time zone, you need to check a a calendar or uh, some kind of app where you are to find out the Shabbos details. Uh, the reality for this Shabbos is that uh, the latest time for lighting Shabbos candles this afternoon will be at 18 minutes past 5, 518. You've got to have it done by then. So get your ducks in a row, get organized, and let's, uh, let's have Shabbos on, on time. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 608, eight minutes past six. As I say, it's Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Emoir. Uh, tomorrow will be already the 20th day of the month of, of year for those who Kept the Omer until like Omer, so uh, you're finished. You could have had your haircut yesterday or or today for those who are still continuing. So uh, it's still a while. Rosh Chodesh is only uh, in the week after after next. So uh, let uh, you know. Let let's carry on keeping the Omer. Let's carry on uh, trying to understand the the seriousness and and the, and the gravity of the events that took place during during this period, which is the cause. Of, of our seriousness and the cause of our of our mourning and uh, the cause of the different uh, uh, stringencies that we observe during this during this time uh, in the last couple of weeks that we were together we started discussing the laws of children on on Shabbos and we began with a a, a kind of a, a overview of of the general obligation of uh, educating children and we spoke quite uh, quite a lot about the education that's required to get a child into the habit, into the good habits of doing positive things, of doing positive uh, mitzvot, which is called chinuch, which is called education, it's called uh, indoctrination, it's called training uh, uh, for for mitzvahs. And uh, we spoke at length about the fact that uh, there isn't a sort of a set formula for when education begins it, it's very much dependent on on two factors on the sophistication and and difficulty of of the of the mitz of the particular mitzvah itself and of course on the abilities and uh, intellect and understanding and maturity of of uh, of of the child some mitzvahs we can already begin to to educate them as soon as they're able to to speak, where it says that the first thing one teaches a child when he knows how to speak, yeah, you know, rather than concentrating on, you know, Guga Gaga, whatever it is, is to teach him Torah Tzivalanu Moshe. That that should be the phrase he he grows up with. Uh, and each mitzvah has a particular thing depending on on the maturity needed for that mitzvah. Uh, you know, things like uh, even let's say being at the table to. Uh, to hear uh, to hear Kiddush and 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 Havdalah on on Shabbos since we are talking about the the Shabbos uh, aspect so that uh, is something that we should uh, start ready when a child is ready three they can be taught that they have to come to the table and stand quietly and listen to Daddy whoever it is that uh, is saying is saying the Kiddush and and answer and answer uh, uh, Amen. And uh, really, as soon as a child is uh, old enough to understand the whole concept of that there is a Shabbos, and uh, he's uh, able to to you know, fulfill the dictates of Kiddush and Allah, of sitting and and listening and and being being around. So one should one should uh, kind of uh, 
make a point of the fact that they should be at the, at the table and and listen and, and and not mess around during during their time and and learn the fact that it's a, it's an important ceremony and something that uh, that he has to uh, be be present at and both present physically and present mindfully and and you know that will be something that will serve him as as he goes through uh, as through uh, through life and and you know if he's not there when when kiddush is made or abdullah is made well then maybe he needs to make it for himself or get someone else to make it because that that is a an important element of of his uh of his uh, of his edu- education, right? And uh, yeah, basically, we, if we start tr- uh, training children in, in 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 Torah concepts already from a young age, then mitzvahs also can't be far behind. Obviously, there's some uh, that are different. We spoke about the concept of uh, of tefillin, where we don't allow a child to wear tefillin until almost uh, just before his his bar mitzvah, because that requires. <clears throat> a great level of sophistication of maturity uh to to wear this film properly and and uh and keep one's body and mind in the right in the right sort of uh, a state which uh you know one looks in the in the sources even for adults is 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 difficult so that that's one of the last things that we educate a child a child to do but that's in the realm of the of the positive mitzvot what we're trying to train them to do in in terms of the the negative in terms of trying to get children in line where they won't do things that are forbidden by the torah that go that go against the 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 halacha so there it becomes a a, a mitzvah for a parent to try to develop a routine to develop habits in a child to uh, separate him and stop him from doing things that are that are forbidden, and again, uh, from already the age that he's old enough and and mature enough to understand that there are some things that one is allowed to do, and uh, and some things that uh, that one is not allowed. Uh, allowed to do in the same way as uh, around the house he knows that uh, when he starts understanding the things he can touch and those some things that he cannot touch or places he can go and places he cannot go and etc etc so then there's already this already this uh, sophistication of knowledge of maturity of being able to make distinctions of what's right and wrong what's good and 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 uh and one's uh, one's bad. So then already that that uh, sophistication and that knowledge and that understanding can also be applied to to halakhic matters. <clears throat> In other words, uh, it's it's not enough that he has to understand. Maybe that he has to, uh, uh, you know, when 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 mommy says no. Right, so that uh, obviously, uh, well, it's supposed to be a clear indication to him that he's supposed to stop what he's uh, what what he's doing. But that should lead him to a a a, a deeper, almost understanding of that. That okay, yes, mommy said no. Now, as I'm busy trying to stick my fingers in in the plug, but there needs to be then a, a, a correlation in his mind that says, "Well, that's not only forbidden now when mommy is shouting. That's something that is actually forbidden all the time, and I should never, and I should never, and I should never do that." 
and that that is something that uh, children can already begin to understand around the age of three they 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 can understand what their mommy says no she means she means it seriously and she means it not only for the moment she's has her you know, she's looking at you but even when she'd have her back her back uh, uh, turned how this applies to halakha we're going to explore in a minute but it's time for a very very short break Continue what you're doing, but please remain tuned to your radio. This is 101.9 High FM, and this is Soul to Soul. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM, we are back with our last segment before we run off and get our own Shabbos ready. So, so we're saying that, that in terms of training a child what he cannot do, so really when he's, when he's sophisticated enough to know what a no is, and that is usually around the age of three. We can start. We can start telling him about things that he mustn't do in terms of halacha. Also, so therefore, if from that time on, if we see we come across a child doing something that is uh, halachically forbidden, for instance, uh, the Gemara brings. Uh, you see him eating. I don't know. I don't know how to get access to it. Uh, non-kosher meat or or uh, meat and milk uh, together or something like that. Or you uh, you see him turning on a, a light switch on uh, on Shabbos. So already then we can tell him no. We have we have an obligation to to uh, educate him. And, and separate him from that activity so that he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't do it. And that, uh, the Mishnah Buddha brings it down. That, uh, when he's old enough, we have to actually stop him from doing those, those kind of, uh, those kind of things. When he gets a little bit older, when he gets to the age where they already start, uh, teaching him, uh, Torah, which is, let's say, certainly the age of six or seven, we're in grade one, grade two, they're learning, they're learning Chumash, they're learning, they're learning, uh, uh already much more, uh, developed, uh, areas of, of, uh, of, uh, of Torah. So then, we need not only to just shout, no, we need a little bit to start explaining to him in, in greater depth the, the fundamental principles, right, the general rules, of what are some of the things that are that are forbidden, in order, right, that he will know. Right? We can already tell a child in in general terms. Okay, you know, dearie, on on Shabbos we don't do these kind of things. We don't we don't build. We don't do whatever whatever it is that that whatever it is that you want to, whatever point you want to get uh, across to the child. One can do that with the with the with the sole intent that he should then know how to keep how to fulfill the 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 uh, the, the halacha. Uh, if a child is not yet three years old, he's still even even young enough where he doesn't necessarily even know what a no means. So then, uh, we're not obligated at that point to begin to educate him that he must. Uh, guard himself that he must uh, be prevented from doing things that are that are forbidden forbidden and therefore if a child uh, under let's say the age of three went i don't know and, and found uh, some food that uh, wasn't wasn't kosher and 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 wants to uh, wants to eat it so 
at that point, halachically, there's not yet an obligation for you to rip the food out of his hand and, and, and take it away and take it away from from him. If he is going to uh, stand on a chair and he's about to turn the light on on Shabbos or uh, to turn a light off on Shabbos or let's say uh, uh, it's a family of, of Kanyam and, and the child is about to wander off into a place where a Kain should not be going. So there's no obligation. I'm not saying you can't and you shouldn't, but halakhi, there's no yet obligation to to uh, stop him from from doing that because at that point yet he doesn't understand the concept of that thing being being uh, being uh, forbidden. And again, but but that only applies if the child is going by himself to do to do the 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 uh, prohibition but obviously if an adult is now taking him is is a uh, god forbid an adult is doing something that is against that is against the 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 torah anything that the torah has said that uh you shouldn't do so then obviously we don't have the right then to to uh you know, put a child in a situation where he's going to then uh, have no choice but to do you know, if that's the routine the family is is following, which is not not the right one or something like that. Then obviously we have to we we cannot be a party uh, to 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 uh, putting a child in a situation where he's going to do something that is that is forbidden. That's really all the time we're going to have this week. Uh, together just before uh, we hand you over to the three o'clock news and then of course the chief rabbi's insightful words on the pasha leaves me just enough time to first of all thank each and every one of you for being part of our radio family this week and on a consistent on a consistent basis it's really it's really fun uh, having the chance to chat with you every every week and just take the opportunity to wish each and every one of you both as individuals and families and communities a beautiful a beautiful Shabbat Shalom a Shabbat of Menucha of real rest of real an opportunity to to kind of find yourself in in the greater scheme of things where you are and where you want to go and to enjoy time with family enjoy time with friends enjoy some good food some good rest some good stimulation and please God will have the chut to meet again next week at the same time in the meantime to each and every one of you a good shot